0: We need to have an environment where these people, the transformation lead and the transformation team is allowed and not afraid to speak up. These people shouldn't be sunflower biased, you know, so just following what the executive board says, but really able to challenge and to, to speak up. <music>
1: From Toro Cloud, this is the Coding Over Cocktails podcast—a free pour of thoughts, ideas, and advice from IT experts, innovators, and thought leaders exploring the world of digital transformation, APIs, microservices, cloud adoption, and more. Welcome to episode fifty-five of the Coding Over Cocktails podcast. My name is Kevin Montalbo. On the show today, we're joined by the Senior Vice President and Regional Transformation Lead for Doc Countries in Northern Europe at the ADECO Group. She has more than 20 years of experience in advising senior leaders on strategy development, as well as the conception and realization of large international transformation projects. Her passion and track record is to drive the transformation and cultural change of companies towards agile organizations with a stable backbone. Ladies and gentlemen, joining us for a round of cocktails is Sabine Laut. Hi, Sabine. Welcome to the show.
0: Hi, Kevin. Thank you.
1: All right. So first off, uh, we'd like to know more about you. So can you tell us more about what you do? What are the responsibilities of, as you are for DAC, a regional transformation lead?
0: So the main responsibility um, of a regional transformation lead at ADACO is to translate the global transformation strategy in a country and regional transformation roadmap. And most important, to ensure the sustainable implementation. And the regions I'm responsible for, so Northern Europe and DACH, covers 11 countries from UKI, the Netherlands, Belgium, Luxembourg, Norway, Sweden, Finland, Germany, Austria and Switzerland. And you can imagine with each country has its own culture, maturity in technology, change readiness and available capabilities. So this is the most crucial part that we really take all of this into account. We need to ensure that the portfolio in the countries is digestible, manageable, resources and capabilities available and that the, for most important, the strategy is understood and the expected impacts are delivered. So on the one hand, I'm in the middle between global and the countries, so the advocate of the countries to make sure that they are not overburdened. But on the other end, I really need to push them and get the countries to step out of their comfort zone and go, go along with the change. So it's on the one hand protect them, on the other hand, to push them to move ahead. And yeah. These 11 countries are all different.
1: And that's interesting. And uh, you have a very unique position within the company in order to, you know, influence change. And in one of our recent podcasts, we talk a lot about change in this podcast. And in one of our recent podcasts, we discussed that in an ideal world, a company would have, you know, someone like you or a counterpart, like a, like a, an office, a dedicated transformation management office. So what are your thoughts on this, on the benefits of having a dedicated transformation office?
0: First of all, we are lucky we have a dedicated transformation office on global level, so embracing the whole transformation of the ADECO Group. And I think it's really a benefit of having a dedicated transformation office, because if you embrace such a huge transformation in a global organization, you need to have a team that orchestrates and directs all transformation initiatives that are running and will be started. It's super crucial to ensure that the initiatives of different functions, so we have in our whole transformation, business-related initiatives, we have support function-related initiatives, and change management initiatives. And it's super important to really sequence them in the right way and ensure that these different functions are aligned. So if you have a huge organization and if you want to start a global transformation, it's super important to have someone in the center, in a global transformation office that is, enables the organization to overcome functional silos and making aware and managing the impact of the initiatives uh, that they are having on the organization. So that means, on the one hand, that a content-focused steering of initiatives and that managing the interdependencies is super important. And this is, from my point of view, the biggest benefit, including setting up the underlying change management and adoption roadmap. So constantly reviewing, are we still moving in the right direction and are the initiatives supporting the vision?
1: You told us a while ago that you were responsible for several uh, regions and countries in the dark region. Uh, I was just curious how during this pandemic, when the pandemic hit, how you were managing those? Because obviously we couldn't fly to these countries. Were you managing them all day from the comfort of your desk? Uh, were you talking to teams? How did your typical day look like when the pandemic hit?
0: Yeah. First of all, I, I stopped meeting my team from end of August onwards, so um, and I'm in this role now Then since January, so I really needed to build up the relationship via teams. It was not possible um, um, otherwise. So I have in each country a transformation, country transformation team. And my most time I really spend on building relationships and stakeholder management in the countries um, it was a lot of talking. I think you, we, like all of us, back to back in calls from morning till late evening. And it's different, totally different than seeing people in person. What we could do, we really built a, a, a trusted environment from the very beginning. And, but it's the difference if you meet the people. It's really a difference, especially when you meet the team behind the country transformation director. We have. Um, in the leadership and transformation leadership team regular calls and we really build up an open um, atmosphere with feedback culture and challenging each other and supporting each other um, because during the pandemic and working from home a lot of people feel alone and isolated and struggling with not having the, the direct connection with people. But now, um, over the last month, I met my team in, in the Nordics. I met my team in Belgium and in UK. And then getting to know the people, this is such a big step in the right direction, especially for the people to get to know who is Sabine behind the team screen. And we can laugh. We can have a drink in the evening. And, wow, she might be a senior vice president, but she's human. And um, I can speak openly um, to her and 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 come up with my ideas. So um, this is super important to overcome hierarchies.
1: Yeah, it's very important to know that the person you're talking to is not just an AI behind a screen, right?
0: Exactly.
1: Let's move on. How, if there were, like in this podcast, there are a lot of CEOs down to software architects uh, listening to us currently. How can their organization truly take advantage of investing in something like Transformation heads such as yourself, or a transformation management officer department.
0: So first of all, it's important that the organization really wants it with everything was comes with a transformation leader. That means not only following a hype because each and every organization is looking for a transformation leader, but really the whole board needs to stand behind that. I had in the last years before the pandemic, some interactions with sea levels in, in Europe. and for me it became pretty mo- pretty, pretty fast, clear, okay, every DAX 30 company has a um, transformation lead, so they need to have one as well. But there was not really the alignment behind it and what it means. So they asked for a transformation lead with virtual resources. In different departments with 100% allocated jobs with a light um, kind of um, enrichment of jobs to support the transformation no clear budget allocation no clear governance so this is if you are thinking about this forget it you can you can um, stop investing even in one um, transformation lead but if the organization and the board really wants to make a difference and want to start a journey a transformation journey then what I said before, that you have someone who brings all the initiatives together and ensures that it goes into the right direction, then it's um, really an advantage in investing. But from my point of view it's super important that if you are a smart organization, you 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 look for a diverse team. So best case, not Someone, not the whole team out of their own organization, but take someone out of a different industry. So you get a different view on things and you need to have an environment where these people, the transformation lead and the transformation team is allowed and not afraid to speak up. These people shouldn't be sunflow biased, you know, so just following. What the executive board says, but really able to challenge and to, to speak up. And they should have the, the freedom to call out if something is going in the wrong direction. Might it be content or behavioral bias? So if you have this in place or are willing to, 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 to really support this, then the biggest advantage is to have someone in the organization who really helps moving in the right direction and to change and to adjust and to make clear if something is going in the wrong direction. You shouldn't be afraid of losing a job in a nutshell.
1: So speaking of these characters, you're already diving into these individuals and the team who would form this transformation management office. Who should be then the face of digital transformation within an organization?
0: Um, I think it should be the CEO. Definitely the CEO because the CEO has one goal, and this is um, making a success for the whole organization. He is not only has not the, only the view of one function or business unit or whatever. So he is able to oversee all functions, and the CEO is the one who should really be the one telling the story about the purpose, about the vision and to guide the organization towards this purpose. So from my point of view, the CEO is the one and only one. If you want to have a successful transformation, digital, digital is not only technology. You need to change behavior and you need to change processes. And most of the time you change your target operating model, right? If you're embracing a new business model. Um, So... This only can be really supported by the CEO from my point of
1: view. We agree with that because recently we published an article actually on how digital transformation is more of a people problem rather than a technology problem, which is kind of strange because, you know, it's called digital transformation. But there's a 50-50 chance that your digital transformation can fail if the behavioral and cultural change doesn't materialize. So. As a transformation leader yourself, how would you address the challenges associated with these behavioral, cultural and perhaps even psychological changes that goes with digital transformation efforts within an organization?
0: I think what's the most important part is to have a clear why. So why are we transforming and what are we doing and how? And um, this really need to be not only communicated top-down, but it should really be a cascading and it should become um, via dialogues. So what does the change mean for the area I am working in? To get the fear out of all of this. So the unknown, what is coming? The organization is doing a huge transformation. We need to overcome the unknowing for the people and especially what does it mean for me. But as well How can I support? What, how can I contribute as an individual? And on the other hand, we need to make clear how the organization supports me as a person to grow into that. So most of all, roles change. Yeah. Some roles are disappearing. Some roles will change. You need to upskill. Um, your, your technology knowledge, or you even need to move in a new role. And I think it's super important for an organization to take that into account at a very, very early stage. So, and an organization supports, um, or people support what they are part of. So, and this is easier said than done. Yeah. Right. First of all, you need to have a purpose. You need to really come with a clear purpose. what what you want to change and how you want to do that and even this is the most difficult part to to formulate in an understandable way and not very theoretically what you want to do and this cascading from my point of view really needs to start at the top so the senior leadership and board needs to understand itself what does it mean what does the, the digital development means what does technology means? What does digital leadership means? What is agile? Everybody knows the buzzword, but really what's behind that and the impact on their own role, that needs to be understood. And I think there needs to be invested heavily in these kind of things like leadership programs, change management, and so on and so forth. The senior leadership understands what is behind the strategy. Then you can cascade it and start, from my point of view, it should be workshop settings, to cascade it until you have the shop floor, you reach the shop floor. Because with every cascade, you have a more target-oriented, compelling story. You come up with the same messages, but you always reach the different layers of the organization. So it becomes more and more individually. And um, I think this is super important. You will not get everyone behind it. But at least um, you will have people who get excited with that and want to be part of that.
1: So speaking of that cultural and behavioral change, the people aspect of the transformation that most companies face can be a very multifaceted and very layered problem. So whilst there has been a lot that has been written and said about the technological requirements of transformation, you know, uh, business and IT merging, you know, IT people getting into boardrooms more and more, the more personal and behavioral aspects, such as resilience, ambiguity, and being comfortable within the discomfort of change can get overlooked. So how do you think should organizations and transformation leaders address this?
0: Again, I think, and this is connected to my answer before, leaders need to be able to deal with all of that. And this is not done by reading articles or listening to keynotes. I think it's super important to really invest in a leadership program that helps leader to deal with discomfort and to be comfortable with constantly changing and unclear environment. I mean, who thought about COVID two years ago? No one, right? And from now to um to from one minute to the next minute, um, leaders needed to change or manager. I met a lot of manager, not even leaders, still so manager, needed to change how to guide their teams. And doing that without really support um, I think it won't work because transformation is not black black and white, it's more five hundred shades of gray, right? You're always in you no know, not what is coming next year. it can change overnight, so you need to adjust and if we don't support it, this ambiguity can really lead to the opposite effort effect yeah, if you need to do your existing business in order to 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 earn money, but at the same time. You as a man as a manager, as a leader or as a team are are asked to support a transformation strategy where you don't know where it's going, this is a scary situation. You don't know if your existing business model will survive where you are incentivized at, right? But at the other on the other side, you know that the organization somehow is working on something that will change um, probably the way I need to work or the business model or whatever. And if you don't feel safe or you can't deal with that, that really leads to frustration, the blocking of change and even burnout. And if leaders are not able to support their teams in that, um, yeah, this will be a disaster and you will have a huge retention. People are leaving, um, because we have an employer market right now and employee, employee market right now. So, um, we, there are a lot of um, vacancies that are hard to fill. And yeah, this is the crucial. So from my point of view, a kind of leadership program should focus on three aspects. One is upskilling of leaders in digital learning journeys, such as Azure Mindset and methods, how new product development works, mega trends, and then the exponential development of technologies and what that means for their business. So to become aware that I'm not safe in my role. I won't do the same thing over the next 20 years. If I'm a controller, even there, when you think, okay, controlling Excel file, blah, 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 even there it will change. And this needs to really be get part of, of, yeah, of the, of, of your understanding. The second aspect should be behavioral aspects. And that means in this new environment, how do I as a leader need to behave? I think micromanagement, command and control, isn't the culture that embraces these kinds of transformation. It's more about leading through purpose and deliverables, even if you are remote, especially if you're remote working. You can't sit next to your your team member and control if the person is starting at nine and leaving at five. No, it's about really um, leading via deliverables and purpose. The other thing is to trust and empower the team. As well, super important right now. I need to trust my team that they are not sitting at home and watching funny shows at the afternoon or whenever and to to trust them that they're really doing their job. And this is to deliverables, right? And the third one is for me, super important, connecting people. So really to build up networks and um, make senior leaders accessible for teams. So really lower the hierarchy. The third aspect of a leadership program, this is about strengthening inner capacities. Um, and here I'm talking about mindfulness. So working with emotions, feelings and mindfulness. And with, I, with this, I don't mean screaming at people, <laughs> but really to, to be mindful and, um, to, to try, try to embrace and seeing what's going on around of yourself. If I, as a leader, don't be at myself at my best, I can't support my team at my best and can't deal with the uncertainty and um, difficult situations the teams have probably. And then systemic perceiving. So really systemic perceiving, I mean with that, um, when you start a huge transformation, I think it's important to understand um, what potential blocking patterns do we have in this organization. To really embrace a change that could be um, working in silos, that could be delegating responsibilities without authorities, and so on and so forth. And if you identify the blocking patterns, it's super important to really um, um, be open and um, observe and see if we are falling back in blocking patterns and to, to, to call it out. So... And this need to be trained, to be learned. There are several um, tools, methods, how we can always lean back and and embrace these capabilities.
1: You know, talking about embracing capabilities, embracing change. You know, within the sphere of the global pandemic. Let's talk about whether companies took advantage really of the time during the pandemic to digitally transform themselves. So, as we're recording this, we're already at the tail end of 2021. Looking back, did you really see? Perhaps in your own personal experience or perhaps what you've heard from in your network or read in the news, do you think companies really took advantage when the pandemic hit to digitally transform themselves or were they just responding to a one-off event that forced them to implement protocols such as remote working and remote customer service, but missed the opportunity for true digital transformation? What's your opinion on that?
0: I think there is no either or answer. and, And really it depends on the maturity of the organization. I think there were a lot of organizations who really needed to catch up. In Switzerland and in, in Germany, yeah, for example, the both countries um I I lived in um during the pandemic, especially in Germany, there partly wasn't even home office um formalized. So that means overnight people were sent home and not everybody had a laptop. Or you even you can't imagine that, um probably not a Wi-Fi at home. So First of all, the the infrastructure needed to be in place and then letting people go and not being able to control them from morning till evening whether they are really sitting at the table. That was something a lot of companies needed to catch up and very fast. But this was an advantage as well because I think if the pandemic wouldn't have happened, we were still in this area. There were a lot of lessons learned and a lot of manager who said, this will never work, we will drop our um, profitability, blah, 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 blah. They are really convinced now that this is not happening. People are working more. We need to really take care that they're not working too much back-to-back in calls. So I think a lot of companies used the last one and a half years to catch up in terms of policies, in terms of enabling people working remotely from home but as well to serve the customers remotely. And other companies who were quite ahead, I think they could use this as an advantage to really aggressively and speed up their digital transformation because a lot of opportunities for new business models came up. And if you started thinking and working on that years ago, and not only now, when COVID came, they definitely had an advantage.
1: How would you, because, you know, remote working is just the tip of the iceberg for digital transformation, right? So how would you go beyond that? How would you define true and authentic digital transformation as we move forward from the pandemic?
0: How I define truly digital transformation uh, moving ahead from the pandemic. I think it is really, I mean, the most important part is the adoption, right? Of when you start, when you do the digital transformation. I think the most Crucial part is really that the digital transformation, um, enables us to react faster in the future. Business models or businesses will disappear. Others will come up. And a truly digital transformation for me is if an organization really thinks beyond what they are doing right now and not only securing their as is business. But really, it's not stoppable. We won't go back full time in the offices. We will have the flexibility. So the employer experience, the customer experience, this for me is the most important part because through the pandemic, I mean, before even we were, we are using all the digital gadgets in our free time. We are booking our vacation about booking.com or whatever. And this is a really great experiences. And if companies don't really deliver the same experience for their employees and for the customers in the future, then this is a missed opportunity. And I think this speaking for all organizations and governments, by the way, the worst part I saw via the pandemic, this should be the really, from my point of view, the biggest next step.
1: All right. Uh, Sabine, you've been great at giving us all the advice from a very personal and professional experience. Where can our listeners go to follow you, what you do and your thoughts about digital transformation and all this stuff?
0: I'll be on LinkedIn and this is the platform where I'm I'm most active.
1: All right. So thank you very much, Sabine, for joining us today. I hope you had a great time. Thank you. All right. That's a wrap for this episode of Coding Over Cocktails. To our listeners, what did you think of this episode? Let us know in the comment section from the podcast platform you're listening to. Also, please visit our website at www.torocloud.com for a transcript of this episode, as well as our blogs and our products. We're also on social media, Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, Twitter, and Instagram. Talk to us there because we listen. Just look for Toro Cloud. On behalf of the team here at Toto Cloud, thank you very much for listening to us today. This has been Kevin Montalbo for Coding Over Cocktails. Cheers!